All right, folks, as I promised you, I have uh, three gentlemen with me on the line right now who, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> um, I think we, we, we might have lost Thompson, um, but uh, we'll try to get him back. As um, as I introduce to you, um, Anthony, good morning to you, and Alex Bruno, good morning to you as well. Good morning, my brother. Good morning to the listeners. Yeah, thank Sam, you. Good morning as well. Here. Alex, it is it is always a pleasure to have you on. Um, it's a uh, you know, <laughs> you know, just for your, just for your knowledge and for your ability to break down. Hello. Yes, Thompson, um, we have you back. We lost you there for a second. Um, of course, uh, okay. folks say good morning to Dr. Fountain. And, um, you know, as I was saying, Alex, it is always good to have you on, on the program, Tony. Of course, you are, you are part of this, this, uh, this discussion family. every weekend, every Friday, so you are family. <laughs> and of course, Alex and Thompson, you know, I'm always glad to have you guys on with me, especially when, you know, when, when serious things occur within our region and it, it's affecting our people. Um, of course, we have two major issues which took place this week and which is why I wanted the three of you on to, to hear your thoughts and um, you know share your knowledge of the region and 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 the pe- and, and the people around us, and of course we are talking about the passing of Dominica's first prime minister Patrick Roland John and the assassination of a Haiti's president earlier this week, um, uh, Jovenel Moise. Um, first, I want to touch on the on the assassination of. Of of um, President Moise, um, just because it's kind of the the, the freshest ev- event <laughs> um, in our region, and uh, of course anybody can jump in um, with a thought. Um, this isn't the first president of Haiti who has been murdered, and you know I find it. I find it disappointing, you know, because I, I want to actually begin with, with CARICOM and, and CARICOM nations. Haiti is part of CARICOM, you know, and I find it a little bit disappointing that so much has happened to the Haitian people over the years. And we barely heard CARICOM say much, you know, um, when, when Haitians were being system, were just being murdered by, by in the Dominican Republic, CARICOM barely said anything. Now we have a, a head of state who has lost his life and they, you know, there are emergency meetings, they are talking about it. And I'm not saying that it's because of them this ha- occurred. I am just trying to understand why is it that when the people are suffering, they say nothing or barely say anything. But when uh, a leader sort of becomes the victim, everyone is all over the place. Anybody? <laughs> well, I think seniority should give way 
seniority should take over here. I think the good doctor who's among us should be the first to go. <laughs> All right, Thompson, you've been nominated. <laughs> Jump in first, so go ahead. Thompson, you with us? Hi. Well, the, the second rank, the second rank man, uh, uh, probably Tony should take over. <laughs> yes, uh, I don't think <laughs> the second rank in height. But I can go first. <laughs> I, 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 I can go first. Um, I certainly can. I, okay, I must appreciate you know Bruno's um, very. Very um, good uh, diplomatic um, coup there. Very well done, I must say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a pleasure, though, Sam, to be with you and, and as well as with, with Alex and, and Tony uh, to discuss these rather pertinent issues, you know. And there is a very interesting um, discussion, a very uh, point of discussion having to do with the reaction of Caribbean leaders to A, the plight of the Haitian people and secondly, the elite. It appears that when the, when the elite are, are impacted as the president was, mm-hmm. that there is a human cry, but on a daily basis, when the people of Haiti go through the kind of travails that they go through, you hardly have any dissenting voice or anybody raising the alarm. And, and, and that is what we've noticed in Haiti. I mean, Haiti has been, a, if you like, a very unfortunate country. Mm-hmm. The very first black country to gain its independence as way back as 1802. And since then, there has been a litany of problems for the country. And the people at the receiving end has been the, by far large, the population of that country. Right. And we see time and time again, leaders come, take advantage of the people, we had a lot of allegations against the current president, or rather the deceased president, always a number of allegations about corruption, about the fact that people were being jailed, uh, some people were disappearing. Mm-hmm. But as I said, nobody said anything about any of this. And, and it's only now that he's been, he's been assassinated that you're beginning to hear some of that fitting into the narrative. But I think it's something that, you know, we, especially given that, that Haiti is a member of CARICOM, I would hope that going forward, Caribbean leaders take a more active interest in advocating for the plight of the Haitian people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, anyway, Alex? Okay. Well, CARICOM is a grouping of Caribbean-affiliated states which are governed by the member states or the heads of the member states. The problem, because CARICOM in itself looks good and is very well intentioned on paper, Mm -hmm. but its mandate is being controlled by the fellow heads who rarely run CARICOM as they wish. The technocrats at CARICOM, the intention of CARICOM, the dream of CARICOM is wonderful. I think it's lack of foresight and the insightful and willing intention of our leaders at the helm of CARICOM, directing the CARICOM secretariat, 
we can understand why it is that CARICOM only speaks selectively mm-hmm. and why CARICOM encourages and does not encourage and supports and does not support and do so conveniently. Hmm. And this is just a sorry chapter in CARICOM's life. No, I'm not necessarily knocking CARICOM because in, in essence, I'm, uh, I'm a... I believe very much in institutions. Mm-hmm. And CARICOM is a fantastic institution of origin. But I think the problem with CARICOM is the directors of CARICOM, the, 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 government, the leaders of our countries, various CARICOM countries. And herein lies our problem. I don't think the leaders of the CARICOM um, union have taken the time out to really understand the plight of our brothers and sisters in Haiti. I do not think that they make the priority to, to understand that Haiti has been through so much since um, Haiti dead to have a slave revolt in the 18th century and then declare itself as a first free nation, black nation in the Western Hemisphere, as Thompson said. Mm-hmm. And be- that Haiti has been paying the price for over 200 years. And as, as fellow black brothers and sisters, we do not see that Haiti is being marginalized by the superpowers of the world. I mean, Thompson spoke about the American invasion of Haiti in 1915 mm-hmm. and the occupation of Haitian land and businesses since then. And before that, so Haiti, Haiti's problem is not because of state, but it's because of the aggression of the outside world. And we, as brothers and sisters of our Caribbean um, um, friends, fellow Caribbean sister country, have just abdicated our responsibility to stand up for Haiti. Instead, we stand up for other nations, while our brothers and sisters are the languishing. Hmm. And before uh, uh, Anthony comes in. Well, we know how and when to support Haiti because we saw a period in Dominican history, I think within the past year or so, two years, year and a half, mm-hmm. when a number of our Haitian migrants were being shuttled into Dominica, into Dominica by plane loads, like three, four times a day. Conveniently, for whatever reason, I don't know, but that has stopped. And now it's like, um, what do we do? <laughs> so CARICOM has gone blind on Haiti for the reasons that I have mentioned and probably more, and I'm hoping that the day will come when CARICOM will live to its true creed, what it was designed to do, and I think that it will come with a, a new generation of political leaders at the helm of the Caribbean countries. Mm, okay, interesting point. Um, before I let you go, Tony, I just wanted to add that, you know, Haiti has not only been suffering from external forces, but or external meddling and interference, but they've had, um, of course, internal corruption. And the, as you mentioned, um, uh, Alex, the, the lack of empathy and sympathy from our Caribbean brothers and sisters. Um, they've had issues with where, where some islands have wanted Haitians to get visas to travel within CARICOM nations and Haiti is a member of CARICOM. So yeah. with that in mind, Tony, um, you, you are the advocate, the, 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 how you call it, the most public advocate here for CARICOM really being what it is meant to be. Um, being, you know, making the Caribbean one nation. I mean, you're probably the only person I know who plays the CARICOM anthem anywhere. I don't even think CARICOM plays the, their own anthem. <laughs> so with that in mind, <laughs> what do you see is, is, or, or the next step or where should CARICOM go 
um, in terms of supporting the Haitian, not just CARICOM member states, but, but all of the Caribbean, all of us. Um, where should we look to? And, 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 in, and I, I guess I should also ask, where should the Haitian people look for their salvation? Or at least someone to put them on the right path. What, what should they do? All right, so I think there's a few things that we have to unpack in there. Mm-hmm. Um, the Caribbean as a whole, as a sub-region, um, um, I think we lost you. <laughs> um, let's see here. All right, I think we lost our call there for a second, so let's do this. Play a little bit of Haiti, I'm sorry, and we will be back in just a moment. All right, so we lost Anthony, but Alex and Thompson are, um, are still with us. So go ahead, guys. Um, um, maybe you, one of you guys can jump in while we try to get Anthony back on the line. Well, I think I think Anthony was about to unpack what you said in terms of where do we go from here and what does the Haitian people do now? Who mm-hmm. do they look to, right? To assist and by I think it goes both ways. I think they should look and we should look because Haiti alone and Haitians alone, I I think, will not be able to fix the problem of Haiti. You know, because the Haiti's problem is external. Yes. So it is external and internal. Mm-hmm. Um, so we cannot let and expect them on their own to fix the problem because Haiti is paying the price pretty much for representing us as a people and daring to challenge the status quo at the time. Mm-hmm. So what we can do as leaders is to take away that embargo that is placed on them, the requirements for visa. I think every Caribbean island should want to establish a sort of um, a system where the Haitians are treated as brothers, real, true Caribbean brothers, and not as as, as, as immigrants. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if I were in politics and in governance of Dominica, I know what I would have done. I, I necessarily wouldn't say it here and not. Right. But uh, we have to lend a hand, and we have to be honest and, and open up, open up and, and, and offer Haiti the kind of honest assistance that the nation needs and that the people need. I don't think Dominica should be used as a transit point port for Haitians fleeing the, its, its country. I think Dominica should be a, a home open to Haitians who are willing to continue to strive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've heard so many horror stories of Haitians passing through Dominica and being transported out of Dominica by people with connections. Hmm. We, we should stop trading in the Haitian misery and really put meaningful effort into assisting our brothers and sisters. Because the Bible says, whatsoever you do to the least of my brothers, that you do unto me. And I think that's the Messiah speaking right there. Yeah. So just by that token, we should really stretch our hand out and really give genuine support to Haiti. And I'm talking from people from the Dominican Republic all the way down to Guyana. Hmm. We have failed Haiti. And it's time to step up. It's time to step up. I agree. Thompson, what do you think? Absolutely. I could not agree more with Alex's view. I believe what has happened to Haiti is that essentially the Caribbean region, we've turned our backs on Haiti. 
a lot of people believe that um, Haiti can't offer much to the region, mm-hmm. although we've seen in Dominica, where they've settled in Dominica, we've seen that they are hardworking, industrious people. But somehow the notion out there is that they are somehow second-class citizens of the region. And I believe that we can do more, you know, um, helping, for example, I believe the Caribbean region that has a good, uh, fairly good record of institutions can help build those institutions. Because what has happened is that systematically over the years, because of its own problems, poverty, dictatorship, um, the institutions have been eroded. Mm-hmm. And in the place you have very corrupt systems, I believe um, CARICOM can, can, can help Haiti in that regard to build its institutions and to help move it out of its of the position that it is in. But it will take a collective effort. It will take a desire and a willingness on the part of countries to realize that is part of us. As, as Alex said, they, are, they should be brothers and sisters. But that's not what is happening now. And because the problem is 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 not only external it's external but it's also internal because of the types of institutions and the corruption and so on mm-hmm. uh, a lot of work needs to be done but there is there is no reason why haiti has to continue to suffer the way that they have suffered no there is uh, not with the kind of neglect with the kind of indifference uh you know, that we treat, you know, I mean, Haiti is treated as if it were, there are not people living on the island. And I think we can do a lot better as a Caribbean people to embrace that country. As I said, help them build their institutions. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex talked about removing those restrictions on them so that they, they truly part of CARICOM. But they must feel like this unwanted stepchild. Yeah, it, it's 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 certainly um, disturbing, you know, the way that um, the Haitian people have been treated. And as Alex uh, uh, alluded to earlier, that um, there are certain times when they are seen as brothers and sisters when someone wants to use them for their own 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 purposes. Uh, you know. Took Haiti, um, took Haiti, uh, over a hundred years to pay France back, um, for its, you know, for them, uh, getting rid of, of, of slavery or fighting for their freedom. I am, um, I think I lost both Alex and Anthony now. <laughs> Uh, Thompson, so what is the rest of the world? What is the responsibility of the rest of the world um, uh, when it comes to, to, to Haiti? Because I imagine it's not only Caribbean people's responsibility to m- help move Haiti forward, but it's also um, the responsibility of, of Europe since they helped to put Haiti in the situation that it is today, right? Well, I mean, you know, if you're looking at, if you're looking at a portion in blame, then there is no doubt that the French are to blame. I mm-hmm. mean, after Haiti got its independence in 1802, they were slapped with this um, very onerous 
um, bill that took over 140 years to repay mm -hmm. and cost in today's dollars over $21 billion. Not only that, but the Haitians were mandated to sell sugarcane at the time. That was a very profitable enterprise. They were mandated to sell th that sugarcane to the French at half the world price. The market, yeah, so the, value, the French, yeah. so the French, um, the French, in fact, France, one could argue that the early wealth of France was built on the backs of the Haitians. Mm -hmm. And so they, you know, they, they worked so hard to build France. And they've really been, been stuck in the gut, if you like. They've really been knifed. Yeah. By the French. And I believe the French responsibility. I think if we are talking about, and I think that's time we begin to have some serious conversations about the French, about the French repaying the Haitians for that money. Mm -hmm. And not only that, but compensating them. For the pain and suffering, yeah, they, they, I believe the international community has a has a role to play. But again, that battle should not be only be on the part of the of the Haitians. I think they need the help of the Caribbean brothers to mm -hmm. pursue that. Yeah, you know, I saw an article last week that talked about um, Jamaica asked um, the Queen of England to pay reparations for slavery. Actually, I didn't really follow it up, so I'm not even sure if that in itself is really true. Um, but it, 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 you know, with what happened this week, it makes one wonder if individual countries should go that route. If, in fact, Jamaica did ask, ask the UK to do this. Because we have a car, uh, reparations, uh, committee in the Caribbean. Um, we barely hear anything from them or what progress they are making. So I know, you know, if one person stands up against something, they have less of an impact than if a group of individuals fight for the same thing. But if the group isn't really making an impact, should individual islands, you know, begin to, to fight for repressions, on their own. Case in point, Haiti. Okay. I am not sure what is going on. I think I am losing my connection. So let me do this and then I will try to get everybody else back. Stay right here. All right. So we at least have uh, Anthony back. We will try to add the other two gentlemen in just a bit. But but um before you uh before you got disconnected Tony you were about to um uh unpacked unpack rather um <laughs> you know <laughs> some of what I uh, what I mentioned so uh, go ahead um, if you still have your trend of thought Yeah apologies to listeners um, for the connection I guess technology sometimes had its own mind um, but what the point I was making is that while caricom can be useful it, it has really just turned into like a sham organization where you have a bunch of leaders that seem only to be interested in trying to preserve their position as leaders and, mm -hmm. and protect each other. But I was saying that the blame of that has to fall on, on we as the people of the Caribbean mm -hmm. um, because we've gotten to a situation where we don't hold 
our leaders accountable. And I say that with the exception, exception of Haiti. Haiti seems to be one of the few countries in the region where the folks, they don't tolerate um, that type of, of, of behavior and lack of production from their, from their leader. Unfortunately, the, the leaders that they have, uh, that they've been allowed to have, have been puppets, literally puppets of the United States. Before mm-hmm. that, um, it was it was a France. Because yeah. when when the U.S. invaded Haiti in 1915, they occupied the military occupation of Haiti from 1915 to 1934. In 1925, they installed um, Duvalier, Papa Doc, right. as a dictator, and they, and they provided him with arms and aid and also to keep him in power. Because at that time, U.S. companies were just reaping all the benefits from Haiti. Mm-hmm. And then when they finally got rid of him and they had a little spell where they eventually elected Aristide, and Aristide started to represent his people, um, they orchestrated a coup and, and overthrew Aristide and took him out of the country. Right. And, and, and installed people that represented their interests. Aristide came back. And won the election a second time, and within eight months, nine months, they had they went in and kidnapped him under um, George W. Bush, um, and, and took him to exile in all these African countries. Even when he was returning, Obama was president, and Obama um, did not allow the plane that was carrying carrying Aristide back to Haiti. Didn't give him permission to fly over U.S. space. Yes, um, I remember. While, while they were bringing him back to Haiti, and then. They, they forbade him from contesting the election because he would have won again. Mm-hmm. And, and since then, they've just been installed in a series of, of leaders that simply allow the American national um, companies to go in and take and, and reap the benefits of Haiti. Haiti has gold. Haiti has large reserves of um, petroleum. Um, the, 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 the Clinton Foundation that went in after the earthquake Billions of dollars of aid. What did they do? They set up sweatshops, mm-hmm. and they have the Haitian people working in those sweatshops for two dollars a day. Just, just tremendous exploitation. And even with all of that, the Haitian people are the only people who stand up to authority and demand that that they that that their government should do better. And all we hear is that oh, Haiti, the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere, the poorest country in this part of the world. But if you have France demanding billions of dollars from you for, from since the, the Revolutionary War until, I think, um, 1947. Like in, in the mid-1900s, mm-hmm. like right after the World War. Mm-hmm. And then you have, and, and at that time, you have military occupation of the United States right after that. So what, what hope do you have? Mm-hmm. You know, look at what they've done to Cuba um, in terms of the revolution. So we really should be taking a, a lesson from the Asian people in terms of how we should be asking for our representation. If we fast forward it to, to what's occurring right now, it, 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 it to me, it's, it, it smells like a palace coup because mm-hmm. we, we don't get any... I, I looked at the videos of those pickup trucks going into the president, into his residence. Um, you don't see any gunfire from the security forces. You don't see any kind of fight back. Right. And, and, and the other thing that, that, that is, that worth considering is that the, the, the president had 
just if you want to say technically sacked the prime minister and there was a new prime minister that was supposed to take office this week. Correct. Um, and that you hear nothing about that new appointment. All you're hearing is from the guy who was outgoing. He seemed to be the biggest beneficiary mm-hmm. from the death of the president. So, I mean, obviously I'm speculating, but if you have to, this, if you have to ask the question, who looked like they had the most benefit from the death of the president? <laughs> you, all hands have to point towards the outgoing prime minister who's now in charge of everything. Yeah, well, he declared um, himself in power, um, you know, practically. Exactly. And, and, you know, and Thompson, um, Alex, you guys are still with us? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Okay. Um, yes. Uh, Alex, you know... Uh, Tell you, you, from your, 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 your position as a political scientist, um, you know, as, as Tony was saying that, you know, the prime minister, the, the one who is supposed to, to be the outgoing prime minister jumped up right after the assassination and says that, well, I'm in power now. And then we, we are hearing stories that Haiti has, there is no legal structure. I heard a, 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 a Haitian journalist saying that there is no legal structure in terms of the line of succession. Mm-hmm. Now, besides all of, you know, the things we know and we've mentioned about all of the, the problems that Haiti has had with, 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 with invasions and, and, and external forces meddling, how does a country find itself in a position where there is essentially no legal framework for if the the the, the 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 leaders or the political leader dies in office? How do we? How does a, and and in our region, I think to me that is of something that is of 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 major concern, or at least it should be. No. Oh yes, it is a source of concern, a point of concern. And America had the situation too, you know, where there was no succession plan mm-hmm. uh, until the constitution was amended to put that in place. Mm-hmm. And I think Haiti, Haiti's constitution had also been amended uh, a couple of times, a few times, again to prop up the same sort of dictatorial attitude of the Leaders, America would have been after a couple of the amendments as well. And probably the amendment of the Haitian original constitution, not probably, it certainly created a sort of a, um, a situation where the outsiders came in to ravage the riches of Haiti. Mm-hmm. Because the original Haitian constitution declared that no non-Haitian could own property in Haiti. Mm. So... I think with amendments after amendments, we end up with a situation where we don't have a, a succession plan. As to the prime minister of, now, of Haiti being now in charge of the Haitian government, as someone who, who studied the um, government, that is just a farce. It's just a, a laughing matter. He's not really in charge. Mm-hmm. Haiti is under siege. And mm-hmm. the ideal thing that should happen in Haiti is that the Supreme Court should come in and declare one of the members of the Supreme Court the leader of the Haitian government in the interim until an, an election is held. Mm-hmm. But the Supreme Court itself in Haiti is, is suspect for being corrupted. Mm-hmm. So, in a situation where all the institutions have a question mark over them, you have the results that you're having in Haiti now. So, I do not think the Prime Minister is running Haiti. I don't think he can run Haiti. And like Tony, I suspect there are questions to be answered. 
mm-hmm. as to who ordered the hit on the president and um, who is benefiting. Right. Sorry, I should say probably who is who is be- who is mostly likely to benefit from from the demise of the president of Haiti. Mm-hmm. There are many questions to be asked, and people could also ask questions out of of, of America as well. Um, I'm not saying that America is implicated, but America should ask questions, of and questions should be asked of America as well. Well, yeah, I mean, if nothing but the fact that um, allegedly Americans were involved in this. In this assassination, I mean, the answers, the State Department should answer questions um, about this. But, uh, uh, Thompson, you know, as someone who um, served in Dominica's parliament, um, what are a few lessons you think that we in Dominica should learn. I, I mean, not just from 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 the assassination of President Moise, but uh, in general, you know, or and and also, you know, the fact that there is no real line of succession or clear legal line of succession. So all of those, you know, political uh, systems that should have been already in place. I I know Alex mentioned that they were there before, and then. Removed, but given the way Dominica's parliament operates, <laughs> uh, what lessons should 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 our leaders learn and our our citizens as well? I think the thing that jumps to mind most readily is the need for at all times functioning state institutions. Because mm-hmm. as you said right now, in Haiti, we have an absence of institutions. The Supreme Court, and one of the Supreme Court justices recently died uh, with COVID-19. Right. Um, so the Supreme Court is in disarray. Uh, you don't have a clear succession. In fact, what happens, given the fact that a new prime minister was named, so now you have two basically two prime ministers claiming legitimacy. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have a parliament there because the parliamentary elections were suspended last year. So in a situation like that, where you have this the, the deceased um, president ruling by decree and trying, as it were at the time, to extend his stay as, as long as possible, what this tells you is that people need to be more sensitive, or leaders need to be more sensitive to the voices of the people as well and that it does not uh, do well for leaders to impose themselves upon the people. You know, you have people, for example, who want to stay on at all costs, you know, who, in in that case, this president was looking to even rewrite the Constitution, that he would stay in power longer. You have in other areas of the of the Caribbean and, and in Dominica, you have a prime minister who claims that he wants to be there for 50 years and beyond. Mm-hmm. You know, in, when, when you're talking about leadership and where you have leaders trying to force themselves upon the people again, sometimes against the popular will of the people, like we've seen in Dominica, where elections have been rigged and, um, you know, laws have been broken and people brought in to vote who may not be on the voters list and all of these things are happening against the wishes of the people, then there usually are unintended consequences. Mm-hmm. I mean, I happen to think in this case, it, it does appear more likely that what happened there is probably more related to drug elements. It's quite possible that, that some drug barons who's, who's, um, you know, who felt threatened by the actions of the president may have taken action, especially considering the Colombian angle to it. Yeah. It, it does appear to 
type of cartel type operations. Mm-hmm. But that will that that will come out. But having said that, the larger picture or the larger the larger warning for me and, and for our leaders is, is that we need to take note that ultimately leaders come and go. But what sustains a country, what keeps a country afloat is the is the strength of its institutions. And it does not help for the institutions to be undermined. It does not help, for example, that the judiciary becomes a puppet of the government. It does mm-hmm. not. It, it does not help a country when the judiciary, um, every single time, acts on the behest of the leadership, as we've seen in some cases in Dominica. Right. Where time and time again, the judiciary appears to be acting against the interests of the people in the interests of government. You are simply undermining the very foundations upon which a country should stand. And when this happens, usually, sooner or later, there are unintended consequences that can, in the end, hurt everyone. So, I would, you know, my, my advice for any leader would be to do the right thing, respect the Constitution, um, you know, after serving two years, exit the stage, let somebody else take over, and let the country continue to thrive and grow. Mm-hmm. But by all means, do not pose yourself on the people, and do not, you know, work to weaken the institutions of state. Uh, Alex, uh, same question. Lessons um, with the Haitian situation for Dominica and the rest of the region. Well, Thompson said it right, mm-hmm. and he called for things to happen which are not legislated. Mm-hmm. I am taking his discussion a bit further to say that we should legislate the kind of norms that would protect our institutions. Mm-hmm. And the first thing we should do is to establish fixed dates when elections are held. People know when elections are held. Election day itself should be a public holiday. People have mass to vote. We should restrict the mandate of this of people who serve at the helm of government for mm-hmm. two, two, two terms, and that should be across the board. And we should put some decency and guidelines to the institutions. It's right. It appears as if all our institutions, all the major ones for sure, I mean, I can speak and say boldly that the police seems to be compromised because of my personal interaction and other things that I've observed. Mm-hmm. It appears as if the judiciary is under siege. We just saw the discontinuance of a matter in Dominica mm-hmm. um, a couple of days ago. Yeah, It would appear as if the public officials somehow, for some reason, are not representing the creature that they represent. The Constitution protects the, the 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 Electoral Commission and the Chief Electoral Officer and his officers and commission do not seem to probably appreciate the strength that they have within the Constitution. The institution of the presidency is supposed to be independent and apartisan, apolitical. Right. It has not been that way in Dominica. So we have seen an erosion of the major institutions of state. The church itself being an institution within the state and of the state has again also been compromised. I mean, you talk about religious leaders making statements to the point that there should be spiritual drones unleashed against the opposition members. Mm -hmm. This is a reality taking place on our country. So we need a rebirth of the constitution. We need laws to protect the constitution and to protect the people who serve within the, sorry, within the institutions. And it begins with us. 
for the officials to do it, but they're not going to do it. The incumbents will not do it. <laughs> Those who are out of office are willing to, but they must first of all get into office. Mm-hmm. So we come down to integrity. How do we change the status quo in Dominica? What do we do? And that is the question I think Thompson and Anthony and you and I and the other active politicians and so need to be having. There are more people in Dominica who want to do good for Dominica than those who do not want to. But somehow, we have not been able to, in a nice, strategic and coherent way, come together to do what is necessary to be done to remove the present status quo and to fix Dominica once and for all. <laughs> so that's the question we need to be asking, or probably that's the discussion we need to have coming out of problems in Haiti. And as it appears, the mirroring of the problems in Dominica. Mm-hmm. Because I do not think Dominica is far off from the problems that we have in Haiti. I really don't think so. No, it is not, which is the reason why I wanted the three of you on to, to, to talk about this, because we are not far. Um, you know, someone's pointing out that all of this is happening right after the Alba summit. And um, someone is saying, Gonzales, I saw a, a, a post this morning um, with Gonzales talking about in Parliament lamenting the fact that he faces um, threats of assassination himself in the wake of um, Haitians <laughs> of uh, Moise's death. So, he why would why would he say such a thing? Well. That's what he was in Parliament lamenting. I, I saw it this morning. I saw an article about it this morning, and someone just just um, text text texted to me. So, you know, I, people are wondering the same thing. Why would you say say such a thing at this at this time and this day? Um, so, does, I mean, does this suggest that he thinks he's a rogue leader? I mean, does he, are there legitimate threats? Did he file any complaints of threats being made against him? That's a serious matter for a leader of, of government to say. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, 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 that is bizarre. I didn't hear that. Yeah, I, I saw it this morning actually, and they just someone just sent me the, a link to the um, to the clip. But Tony, you know. Same question, um, you know, about lessons for Dominica, but, uh, you know, you and I often talk about the way Dominicans operate. They don't seem to be interested in change or moving the country forward. And also, the type of leadership that we are seeing in Dominica right now, there, there's almost a generation that's the only kind of leadership that they know and understand and and you know tying that to what you were saying alex about you know um a new generation a new group of folks who can change the direction change the trajectory of the country but if that's if this is the 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 only type of leadership they've known how do we how does that change if all you know is to is to is to is to make left turns, how do you change? You know, to I start make making some rights or go straight, <laughs> or go straight right? <laughs> no, you know, Thompson and then Alex made some good points about the lessons that we should learn, and and Thompson spoke a lot about the leadership um, uh, taking lessons from it. And Alex spoke about institutions. Mm-hmm. And, and I want to continue from that because the one institution which I think I, I consider to be one of the most 
important institutions that you did not mention is the media. Mm -hmm. um, through, the, through the absence of, a, of an effective media, the, the people stay uneducated. Um, the leaders have about difficult time reaching the people with, with the message that they want to give. And I'm saying leaders, I also mean on, on the opposition side as well. Right. Um, if you don't have a media that is, that is effective and widespread and respected, I, it's very difficult for you to counter, provide a counterbalance to the bully pulpit that the government has. And, and so a focus has to be on the media, and that's where TDN Network has to come in. Um, to really show the example, as, and, and we do all of it, we, I guess we, the bonus is on us to maybe make our voices heard a little more widespread, mm -hmm. um, increase our listenership, and, and, and have discussions like this a little bit more. Um, but that is where it is. We, we've seen what the media can do. The media um, took four years of Trump, where any there was any one action that Trump could do that would have gotten him out of office. But because he had a strong media behind him, um, he was they were able to spin everything that he did and keep his followers loyal. Mm -hmm. So I'm saying from that lesson we can take from is to say if we if we focus on strengthening the media um, and we and we put the media at the available to the opposition and the people with the message that we think is a good message for the country, that is how we can change the, the, the situation that you're mentioning. The, anybody who is 25 years and younger would probably not have known any other type of government but the type that we have right now in Dominica, for example. Mm -hmm. so, so what we need is to paint a vision of a different life. And you need, for that, you need media. The internet provides a tremendous opportunity because the, the internet has re, has removed the cost of being able to reach tens of thousands of people, right. um, and and the opposition and, and the folks and the citizens who who want to make change have to just figure out a way now to um, to get that message effectively communicated to the people often enough and get the imagination of the Dominicans to a point where. We, um, we have people who can imagine Dominica in a different way, in a different light. Um, they can understand what freedom can look like. They can understand what economic development can look like. Financial, um, you know, being able to, being able to, um, uh, you know, be able to take care of your family the way you can take care of your family. A young person coming up, I'm seeing the possibility of becoming a man or a woman with a home, with a job, with a certain type of lifestyle and quality of life. That's mm -hmm. the that's picture we have to paint and, and to let people realize that that is only possible in, in an environment of strong institutions and predictable justice um, systems and so on. And, and, I, and I'll come back and say, where we have to start is where we have the control of an environment that is the media. Yeah, Alex, as as your other title, veteran media personality yourself. Um, although I don't know how much of that you do anymore, but still, um, you know, what your thoughts on on in terms of independent media, which is what Tony is is, is alluding to, um, you know, to help educate the people. Your thoughts on that? Well, well, the good thing, 
about sharing forums like this is, you know, people like Tony and, and Thompson only help to, to scotch them and to direct the discussion. Yeah. Because I didn't quite mention the media as one of the major institutions, which I think I heard today. I should have mentioned them first or us first. <laughs> um, so in Dominica, we have seen a, a gross erosion of the media. The media is pretty much manipulated and controlled by interests and the people who have interests in status quo politics. Mm -hmm. And that has been the case in Dominica for like almost a couple of decades. It has always been, and it always is, that people try to control the media. In Dominica's case, it is a bit more severe. Right. Because of how the school is set up. Um, I'm a national broadcaster, and I can tell you the many times I try to interview people, even the same Patrick John, whom I hope we can speak about a little today. Yes, we will talk um, about in just a moment, yes. Mm -hmm. When I was, when I asked, I begged literally for over a decade to interview him, and I finally got to go ahead. I was given strict mandates what I should not ask him, what he should not say. <laughs> because the media had been under serious muzzle for a long time. And I'm talking about pre the present regime, and I'm talking about going back to the Freedom Party days. Yeah, yeah. I remember, so, yeah. We, we played your last interview with Patrick John, your last major one with him recent, oh, a few months ago. Last year, I think it was. So, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Yes, that is the point that I'm, that's the point that I'm making. It would, it would help if Sir Byron would, in his reform suggestions, suggest a free and open media for all and sundry. I'm not too sure that we will get that. But in the absence of that, I think the people who really want to empower the people, speak to the youths, engage the youths, show them that Dominica can be different, must do as Jesus Christ did and mm -hmm. get some disciples and hit the ground. Mm -hmm. Hit the ground and go to the youths in their habitat. Go on the block, go on the bayfront, go wherever the youths are and say, guys, I know that's what you know for the past 20 years, but here's what you do not know. That happened just 21 years ago or 23 years ago. Right. And try to engage and, and try to get people involved. I think a serious ground game. We need to mop Dominica from one end to the other with serious disciples doing it the old school way because the traditional way the media is not going to help. The media has not been helping. Um, and even the professionals look at, I mean, again, I go back to again to that decision from the DPP. Yes, the DPP has the right to discontinue any matter. But why discontinue this matter? Why? Where's the lesson? Where's the explanation? Where? What? What is the justification for that? Mm -hmm. So, so it makes our work as people who are interested in progress harder. But we cannot stop. We cannot depend on on this on the system because the system is already stuck against us. So the what do we do? Broken. It's we broken. Go, yeah. 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 We back to what I suggested before. We need Tom's. Tony, you, me, Lennox, everybody, Joshua, people who think that we should progress need to come together and design a way how we do it. Everybody cannot have the answer. It must come from one source. And then we agree to disagree mm -hmm. and we move on because there are more of us who want progress than those who don't. We just have to find a way to do it. Yeah, you're right. We need different voices. Um, I agree. Hence... Here we are. Um, Thompson, I'll give you the last word on, 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 on this point before we move on because we do want to touch on, on Patrick John before we, we leave here today. Um, the role the media should play, has been playing or hasn't been playing in the last few years. Um, you know, where do we go from here with that, with knowing, with, with that in mind? 
Well, some even lies the problem. Any any um, prime minister or president who wishes to either be a wannabe dictator or try to be one or force himself upon the public finds a way to manipulate the press. And we've seen it in Dominica. Dominica is no exception. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen the purchase of New Chronicle by agents of the prime minister. We've seen the stronghold that he has over the state-owned radio station. So that is just a means that government uses to perpetuate their power. Mm-hmm. And as Alex said, the question is, what are we going to do about it? How do we react? And and, and, we, and we must find a way, and I agree with Alex, and we must find a way to unite our efforts to fight against this and to say, no, we will not allow that behavior in Dominica that we will push for a free press, a press that is unhindered, a press that will keep, that will speak truth to power and will right. keep them on their toes. Hmm. So that's where we are. And I would really hope, you know, that, um, that in, as we talk about lessons learned, that that's one of the lessons that we have to take forward, that we need to do something mm-hmm. about that very unfortunate situation in which we found ourselves in Dominica. Before it's too late. But, yeah, go ahead, Alex. But tell us- Thompson, before you end it quickly, I wanted to support you and to tell you that that is certainly the way to go. We must take individual and collective action. Me in particular, I call the regional press core, the authorities. And I wanted to speak to these guys about what is happening with Dominican media. Mm-hmm. When M. Ward was having a fight with these guys who would do this new media fraternity that has, that has since been disbanded or, or mm-hmm. defunct. So these guys came about, and I understood that they were pushed by the same status quo to replace MWAD because MWAD was not seen as towing the line of the system. So I think it was Gavin or whoever who came out as the president, and then there was a problem with Matt and all kind of a thing yeah. happening. So I called the regional guys. He I was said, actually guys, on this program. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> guys, are you seeing what's happening in Dominica? Can you not, as a media regional team, step in and assist us, give some direction? These guys refused to take my calls after that and they blocked me on whatsapp <laughs> they literally blocked me i could not get through they said that they can't get into that and one of them who said that they could not do it was on the platform boasting and bigging up the prime minister of dominica when there was some ceremony i think to either the the new parliament or the new government or whatever if you remember just remember who mm-hmm. some media personality from the region was on the platform bigging up what I was calling to tell them that we need to defend against. So that herein lies the problem. We don't, we don't, the problem is not just Dominica. It is Caribbean wide. And we are almost on our own, as they say, to find a way to navigate <laughs> a way around this problem that we have. So we have no help. Yeah. Um, you know, in case you're just joining us, this is FYI right here on TDN Radio. And we are talking to Dr. Thompson Fountain, um, the man Alex Bruno. And Anthony Drago, just, you know, surrounding the events that have taken place this week with regard to the assassination of Haitian President Jovenel Moise. And of course, um, before I let you guys go, we, we cannot live here without we speak briefly about Dominica's first prime minister and his passing. Um, Alex, I will let you go first because you, you are wrong. Among all of us here, I think you had the closest relationship to 
um, um, Patrick John. So, uh, you know, what what can you can you say about about him and and, and about you know how he should be treated? You know, given the things that we are hearing, people are saying, and the things we are not seeing, which should happen, which should have already happened. What would you say? Okay, well, the deceased former head of our government should be a, a burial by the state with the highest honor, meaning a full and complete state funeral. Mm-hmm. And from, I think he died on Tuesday, I think by now, at least the day after, a proclamation should have been made already that this be done or this be the case. And the flag of Dominica should be flown at half-staff for a period of mourning. So Dominica should have entered a period of mourning officially. Yeah. I'm not too sure whether this was done, but that is what is expected for a head of government, irrespective of what you may want to think or see. <laughs> the, a proclamation should come from the head, declaring that we are entering an official period of mourning for the passing of our former prime minister. And in that same proclamation, a, uh, uh, an announcement that the state will offer full military rights, a full state funeral, which we expect mm-hmm. for uh, a fallen former prime minister of Dominica. Um, and I believe, and I hope also the state machinery like GIS and these other organizations should present to us information that will educate the next generation of politicians as to the life and time of Patrick John. I would hope, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that they would have that information. Um, the pros and cons of his life, because all I have read about Patrick John is the cons. Yeah. And Patrick John, who has spoke with for over two decades, I've done at least 10 full-length interviews with him. Um, and I can say for the record that he was my dear friend. Mm-hmm. He has a story that has not been told. And, and, and quickly, before you go to Thompson and, and think, the problem, the mistake that John made is that he was cavalier, he was young, he did not think through things, and he made one mistake too many, which was one mistake. Mm-hmm. Not, not more than one, one, where he gave a letter to work with a gentleman named Mike Perdue, who came in as a business person, posing as a business person, um, and that letter was used to, to, to convict of trying to do, overthrow the government of Dominica. When Perdue had his sinister plan on his own without Mike's, um, without Patrick's John say so, mm-hmm. but because of a letter that he give this guy to give him a cooperation that was used to convict Patrick John after he was after he was freed on the first trial no matter no case against PG mm-hmm. then there was another case of up new judge new panel new everything else and then he became convicted that that's Patrick John's life story which has yet which is yet to be to be told and I'm hoping that the state would tell the complete story or at least begin telling it because if they don't, Sam, I will tell that. Well, you know, we have a place here. We know of a place where that can always happen, certainly. Um, uh, Tony, you know, you, you touched on, um, on, 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 on Patrick John's, um, situation, uh, this, earlier this week. Well, two days ago on this week in interview. Um, oh. Well, your thoughts. <laughs> so, uh, Alex was talking about a decree that was supposed to have been issued by now. I don't know if you didn't hear the statement by the Prime Minister of Dominica. <laughs> I think we all Dominica heard it. <laughs> which Dominica operates now. 
is 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 as close as we will get to a to an official decree because in Dominica the only official word that we have is the is the word of the Prime Minister Roosevelt Skerritt. And at the end of his statement he said um the state will be taking care of all the funeral um proceedings or whatever it is for, for Patrick John. And he also said that flags will be flown at half staff. Um up to yesterday I think I saw people taking photos showing that the flag at the government headquarters was still flying full mass. Mm-hmm. Um so well, what Alex is talking about is his procedure, his protocol, is decorum. Um, and I remember I did a whole, like, two days or three days um, presentation on this weekend interview about two years ago on that. Because what makes us a people is our customs, our habits, our rituals. Because the land Dominica is just a piece of land. One one time it was the Kalinago people and they had their customs. Another time it was another says, and now it's us. Mm-hmm. And so, as as a nation, what makes you a Dominican is the customs and the cultures and those things that you identify your food and, and and so on that identify as Dominican. And in a in a modern society, the the, the, the processes and so on as dictated by, by the laws and the regulations and the constitution is what makes us a nation. And so when we look at um, the situation where we have a government that picks and chooses which one of those things they want, they will want to, to implement and how they want to implement it, we are, every time they do that, we actually ripping apart the fabric of the nation as a country, as a people. Hmm. When, when the constitution says that certain things have to get cabinet's approval and the prime minister goes ahead and just does it and because I say so, that's how it is, he's really tearing apart, ripping apart the fabric of what is Dominican, what makes Dominica Dominican. And so, with the passion of Patrick John, um, my thought automatically went Independence, because Patrick John is the person who led us into independence. Mm-hmm. And so I can, you cannot think Patrick John without thinking independence. And the question that I ask is, was Dominica ready for independence? And, and second half of that question is, is Dominica ready to be an independent country? <laughs> and all of those little things that we're talking about, all of those big things that we're talking about, um, recognizing and disciplining the country to where we 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 honor the, the tenets of the constitution. If I, I, I looked at there was a little clipping of the, of Parliament in Antigua, and whether whether you don't like the result of Gaston Brown or whether he is not totally forthcoming with the answers that he's giving, he's trying to do it in compliance with the requirement of the rules of parliament. Mm-hmm. So at least he's preserving the institution. But when you have a government that has three, so you know anything, he can have his way in parliament. He has 1863 plus a few senators and whatever. So, so there's no issue about him getting his way, but he chooses to just look up in cabinet and parliament whenever he chooses to. And when you go into parliament, it's just because for expediency mm-hmm. and and they run it however which way they want. Right. That is a person who is tearing up at the fabric of the country. Um, 
and and the, the modern Haiti, um, Maurice Bishop demise was also a lesson of where that ends because Maurice Bishop and his guys really um, did away with the judiciary process. And when they took over, they really were just meeting out justice as they see fit. And so, therefore, when he had the mutiny within the ranks and the guys took over, they didn't have, they didn't, they couldn't engage their lawyers to go try to do something in the courts because they had, they had, they had disemboweled the court, the judiciary system. Exactly. And so they didn't, they didn't have anything to stand on. So those lessons are being, are being shown and taught time and time again and, and, and the, and the folks ignore it. But the, the, with the person of Patrick John, and I get so many people upset at me for asking the questions, and I insist on asking the questions. With Patrick Dunbar, can we as a nation ask ourselves, were we ready for independence in 1978? Are we ready to be an independent country right now? And if our answer is yes, what do we, what evidence can we present to show for that? That's a good question, actually. Um, Thompson, um, you have a thought on that? <laughs> yes, you know, um, Sam, I think it is up to us, the living, to honor the dead. Mm-hmm. And I believe there's been a lot of discussion surrounding the actions of Black thereof or Prime Minister Patrick John. But the fact of the matter is he, he did the great work for Dominic and his people. And I get the sense that he's not been given the full honor that he deserved. Mm-hmm. And we can argue that he erred, and if that's the case, yes, he was punished for it, and he served his time. So I believe that, you know, going forward, it would do us a great deal of good as a nation to give the Prime Minister his first dues. Um, I know Tony question has been questioning the timing of elections. I, I, I thought that this was a, a bold move at the time and, and it showed a, a sort of a visionary type of leadership. I mean, you can think of all the great things that um, Patrick John did in terms of alleviating the living conditions of, of many of his supporters, the backstate housing schemes, the mm-hmm. capital housing schemes, different areas where people were able to achieve middle-class status, not the same caution you see happening now. Hmm. With Prime Minister Skerritt, you know things that allow people to to get to gain their independence and to and and to really you know be proud owners of their own homes and and, and all the rest of it. You know what he did and his caring for the poor and suffering, his genuine care and love for the poor of Dominica. So mm-hmm. I, I think it's time as a country we, we begin to recognize that and and stop viewing him through the lens of the mistakes that he may have done, um, which were egregious, yes, uh, but at the end of the day, he paid for it. He paid, he paid the ultimate price for it. And I think, you know, we need to find a way to allow him that place in issue. And I really want to commend Alex, you know, for the tremendous work he's done. In fact, a lot of what I learned about Patrick John, I learned through listening to some of the interviews that Alex did with him. And Alex, mm-hmm. I want to thank you for that great work. That will be a, a living testament to, you know, to his greatness and to what he did. And I think very often we, we, we miss that. You know, we're so, um, you know, bogged down by his feelings as a human. And, 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 and to me, even what Patrick John did feel, uh, 
pales in significance to what is being done by this current leader. But I don't hear the same you and cry. I don't hear the same outrage being expressed by people. So I think we need to to put that in perspective, and we really need to to begin to honor him. And and I and I hope the instruments of state are are moving in that direction, and that he will he will get his just desserts as far as a state funeral and all of the other things that go with the passing of a head of state or from a head of state. Mm-hmm. So I think it's always a good time for us to pause and, 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 and give thanks to the man for what he did hey, indeed, for the country. Indeed, indeed, I agree with that. Um, you know, I, I say that, you know, and who knows, but if it wasn't for Patrick John Dominico, it would not be an independent country, um, at least not at the time. Um, it, it, it might have taken longer. We may still be, we may still be a colony to this day. And we also have to remember, alluding to what you said, Thompson, about, you know, um, Patrick paying for his, his mistake. After all of this, he came back and served the public in different capacities. And people mentioned that. Yes, they remember that. But yet, some of us still want to remain focused on those errors, even if, you know, he's already, he paid his debt to society. So we have to move on from that and give the man the, 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 the respect he deserves. And, um, I'm calling that making sure that he gets a state funeral. Um, you know, so, but anyway, I would love to spend the rest of the afternoon talking to you gentlemen, but I promised you guys we would only be here for an hour. It's already 12.15, so I'll give each of you um, a few minutes to just, you know, add anything else you want to you want to leave with before on either one of the things that we touched on today. And um, maybe we'll come back here at some point in the near future and continue the discussion. And of course... Um, on other TDN radio programs, you guys are always welcome to, um, to, to continue the discussion, of course. Tony, you want to go first? Yeah. Um, I want to say thank you, Sam, for organizing this and thank you to Alex and, and, and Thompson for participating and always sharing that great, um, knowledge and experience mm-hmm. and, and I think TDN Radio has the most educated listeners in, 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 in almost anywhere in the region and, and maybe in the, in the hemisphere, like they like <laughs> to put it in that box. Um, because when you look at most popular American media, it's, it's, it seems always so one-sided. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, something that I wanted to point out that highlights, um, the, the need to really teach our people, um, to, to read in a critical kind of way. The, the discontinuance of the most of the of the case um, by the magistrate in Dominica, the the environment, the circumstances within which it took place. Somebody was pointing out that the the attorneys for the defendants, who some of them are foreigners, were not in Dominica on time hmm. because because of quarantine issues, had to quarantine for four days or three days or whatever it is when it came. Um, the, 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 the foreign lawyers for the, for the claimants, for the complainants were in Dominica going through their current in anticipation of, 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 of going to court. Mm-hmm. So it seems as though the lawyers for the, 
government people, that's how I'll call them that, because that's who they are mostly, knew ahead of time that the matter was going to be discontinued because they didn't even bother to come to Dominica because the discontinuant was issued two days before um, court. Right. So if they, they had the intention of being in court, they would have already been in Dominica when that when that letter was issued. Mm. So those kind of situations, we have to look at them and really inform ourselves of the fact. Um, I'm pointing that out to point the fact that obviously one side did not know that discontinuance was going to happen and the other side knew. Um, <laughs> because if, if they hadn't been issued, they would not have had their full representation in court. Right. Um, is that just a lucky guess? You know? Mm. Um, and so... so Really and truly, I want to end where I started. As Caribbean people, we have to start to hold our leaders more accountable, both when they're in government and when they're in opposition. And in any position of leadership that people are in, we have to, we have to know what is the expectation. And when people don't meet those expectations, we have to have a satisfactory explanation from them. They have to at least go through the trouble of knowing that they are comfortable to us and they try to give us an excuse. Hmm. But when you have the disrespect that happens, that goes on, that things happen, and the leaders are so callous that they don't even think that they have to issue a statement. If you look at the Trotsky matter, Gaston Brown is tripping over himself every day trying to give explanation to the Antiguan people. The Dominican officials have said nothing. Hmm. Uh, you know, it, so 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 we, we we are way far gone in terms of holding our, our leaders accountable, and the leaders are not decreed from heaven; they come up from among us. And so, what we allow them to get away with is our responsibility. And so, I want to live on that land, on that appeal. Caribbean people, wake up and stop beating our chests over our past accomplishments. Mm-hmm. We need to cast our eyes in the future. And feel ashamed that we are not living a region that is that is offering a life that is equal. It should be better, but we're not even offering a life that is equal to our children and our grandchildren, as what was handed to us from our parents. So we need to. We have a lot of catching up to do, and we need to wake up and take that into account. Very clear perspective, uh, Thompson. Um, final thoughts. Certainly, certainly, Sam. Thanks for the opportunity. I think with the passing of um, Patrick John, the father of the, an independent Dominique, I think it allows us an opportunity to reflect in a very sober and ref- you know reflective manner mm-hmm. on where we have been and where we are headed as an independent country. I think it's important for us to reevaluate our history up to the this point and, and see where we are today if that's where we need to be or if, or if we cannot do better for ourselves. I believe we've lost our way. I've said before publicly that this experiment called an independent Dominica has failed. Hmm. It has failed largely because of the dearth of leadership and in particular the kind of leadership we've seen over the past 20 years. So I think it's a good time for us to reflect you know, very, very soberly on this stage that we're in. Mm-hmm. I believe in, in 1970, those of us who were old enough and who were alive remember the euphoria and the and and the just the, the great hope that mm. being independent offered at the time. Right. The chance for a country of, of 
of 70,000 people to chart their own destiny and to carve a place out for themselves in the world. It has gone badly wrong, largely because of our leadership in the last 20 years. So I think it's a good time to reflect on that and, and see how best we can make changes so that the next 40 years is not as hellish as the last 20. Hmm. Very, very good perspective as well. Um, Alex, um, I give you the final word because on that, because you are not only a political scientist, you are a pollster, you are also um, a teacher. And, and so, you know, you know, let's get your perspective from that point of view, um, your final thoughts on, on, on this discussion for today. And, and I say this is a pause on the discussion today because we simply do not have the time. I mean, you know, uh, uh, clearly and always not enough <laughs> to have that kind of a discussion. So, uh, but, but yeah, your final thoughts for today. Okay. Well, Sam, thanks for having me. And I, I'm honored to have been on the panel with Thompson and Tony, two brothers whom I admire and greatly appreciate and cherish. Um, what I would like to say, though, is that Dominica has not been formed as a nation, and the Caribbean region, too, had not really been formed. I think somebody referred to Patrick John as a founding father. He was essentially not a founding father. He was one of the, he was the leader of the country at the time of independence. Right. Dominica... No, no design. We pretty much adopted whatever was presented to us. Independence was a token. As Tony say, what is really independent about what we have done since? <laughs> if we look back at the leaders of our country since independence, one set of leaders have run Dominica for all of the years of independence, save for four and a half years when a different attitude of leadership came into being. Right. But when you look at what happened before, what happened at the interim and what came together to took out what happened at the interim, one status quo has pretty much run the affairs of Dominica since independence, technically. Mm -hmm. So herein lies the problem. Dominica needs to be formed. We need some founding architects to discover a new Dominica. Like after Maria, we could have done that. Write a new constitution, get a new, I mean, get, get a new, a new plan. What new does it mean to yeah. be Dominica? Mm -hmm. We do not know. So we really must establish a nation built on the spirit of the people of Dominica. And it's not too late to start now and move on with that into the foreseeable future. But until then, I think we'll continue just pussyfooting around the democracy that we say we have on paper which essentially we honestly, truly, and really do not have. And that's how I would like to end my discussion, thanking you again, Sam, and thanking Thompson and Tony for, for sharing this wonderful um, um, platform with me. I'm looking forward to doing it again sometime in the future. Well, of course, thank you, Alex. Um, I want to say thank you to you, gentlemen, for always willing to answer the phone when I call and not blocking me on WhatsApp, like um, <laughs> like Alex, you're suffering from. So, <laughs> but, but yeah, seriously, um, I, I, I believe and I wish that our other media houses, as you mentioned, um, Tony, already would take up these kinds of discussions. Um, you know, as I said, one person can shout in the wilderness and no one will hear you. But if you have a hundred people shouting in the wilderness, somebody will hear and hopefully that will drive change. 
And so we cannot do it alone. Um, you know, individually, we may be able to do, say something, but with a group effort, with a concerted effort, we can drive the change that we need and the change that we're looking for to make things better. Not just for us, but for our children and our grandchildren. Um, and where someone um, also mentioned that we, you know, they can inherit at least, you know, some semblance of what we inherited um, when it was handed down to us. Right? Cheers, my brother. All right. So, Sam, uh, Sam, go, go ahead, Tony. Sam, before you jump off. Mm-hmm. Yes, go ahead, Tony. Yeah, I was. Just, I just wanted to make a sad announcement. I just saw the news that um, Curtis Augustus um, of Wahoo, well, we know him of Wahoo, of course, he, he passed away this morning. Oh. So, condolences to his, to his family and, and those who are close to him. And of course, again, this is the man that belonged to the country because he served for so many years. Yes. Um, the union. So, Dominica, again, condolences. Mm, wow. You know, this this highlights the fact that there seems to be a changing of the guard and and we you know, we really have to accelerate our you know, choosing who's the guard that's going to be replacing those stalwarts hmm. um who have contributed so much to Dominica. So I just wanted to mention that to the audience, to our listeners before we leave. Well thank you thank you for, for, for that, Tony. Um I appreciate that and of course from all of us here at TDN Radio, TDN Network, we want to express our deepest condolences to the family or friends of uh, Mr. Augustus. Um, thanks for sharing that, Tony. No problem, thanks. Alright, folks, thank you for staying tuned. Thank you for keeping it locked right here to FYI, just to let you know that I will um, post this. If you missed it, I will post this to the TDN Radio, this discussion. I will post it to the TDN Radio podcast a little bit later on, so you can always tune in if you want to check it out again. Um, and so uh, we appreciate you always staying tuned right here. All right. Um, to Let's see. To the folks on SBE Radio, thank you for keeping it locked right here. Thank you for listening to FYI here on tdnradio.net. So I'm going to just leave you here with this one by Delma. This one called Karma. And of course, um, stay tuned to tdnradio.net for more programming. Check out our website for our schedule, tdnradio.net.